Thanks for listening to the Underdog Podcast presented by the Riley Decker Companies. Please do us a favor and help us change and improve lives by subscribing and giving us a rating on the platform of your choice. Thank you. Well, Tony, welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, let's get right into it. You know, I think had the opportunity to learn about your journey. And I think it's just best to start right off the rip and talk through us. Obviously, you are an international soccer star now. And um, your journey is is really, to me, uh, an incredible one to share on this platform of overcoming adversity. So let's talk as a kid, right? I know that you were playing soccer at an early age without shoes. Can't even imagine, right? So go back to, and if you can give any anybody some uh, background to you as a child and as you, you know, evolve throughout your career. Yeah, um, uh, I'm uh, the last uh, child with five siblings. And um, it was uh, pretty rough, you know, um, when it comes to having it easy at the beginning. Um, all I just wanted to do was play football. I mean, I... I can remember trying to, you know, as a kid, they always ask you, what do you want to be in the future? You hear people say, I want to be a doctor or this and that. And honestly, I can remember thinking of anything else since, since the day I was born. My dad played football. I, I would say it's an inheritance, but he chose the education part, you know, because during his time, it was not that easy. So for me, as a kid, I've always known football was the only thing I, I want to do. You know, I was kicking the orange on the streets, you know, anything around, I would kick it as long as it doesn't hurt my foot, you know, and 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 going through that that on the streets of Africa, you know, with, with a rough ground, you know, that got my, my, my legs really, really strong. And when I grew up, I started playing, I was hitting the ball so hard that it was getting the goalkeeper scared. You know? So I'm not, I don't want to go too much forward, but back as a kid, I was struggling to 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 find the the, um, the perfect environment for it. You know, today you have like uh, an academy for 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 the young players. You know, they, they, their parents drive them to training every day. You know, the pitch is good. They've got the kids, the football shoes, and everything. So, growing up for me as a child, it was really really difficult because um I, I could have a, I was fortunate enough to have um a parents who who can afford a football shoe, who can buy a football shoes for me. But my friends, you know, where I play every evening football with, they don't want me to use a football shoe because they feel I'm going to hurt them with it, you know. So I have to put it on the side and play barefoot with with, with, with them, you know. So it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a hit that easy, but that didn't kill my dream, you know. I kept on um, showing the passion for it. Anywhere there's football on TV, I, I'm right there. Uh, we don't have like a pay TV at home. So when, when the games, when the national team Nigeria is playing and the games are on TV, I have to go to a neighbor's home and, you know, sometimes staying past bedtime and all these struggles and all, but I was doing it with joy and with happiness. And um, uh, like I said, my parents, they supported me right from the very beginning. Uh, my dad gave everything. Of course, my there at some points, my mom was very worried, but she was trying to make sure that I, I was doing the right thing, you know, and, when it's not health-wise, when 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 I'm making some moves that is not so good for me, she, she shows more care as a mother. That's normal. But my dad always like, yeah, let me go on, let him do his thing. And stuff like that. Yeah. No, absolutely. So give us a little bit, being from Africa, being from Nigeria, what's it like 
growing up? I mean, you mentioned going in the streets and kicking an orange and then kids not having shoes to play soccer. So you took your shoes off. What, what are maybe some other things for us in the States that don't have visibility to growing up in Africa, things that you could shed light on our listeners or maybe some things that you had to overcome? Okay. Um, the weather definitely was, um, something, um, really big you 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 cannot choose when you 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 want to train and stuff like that and it's really hot no of course i know over states states it's hot as well but you you've got like this equipment these kits where you can actually wear what what you want okay if it's raining a lot okay we don't have that 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 opportunity you know we just have that shed you know and it's cold whatever whatever weather it is you just have to just Go on with whatever you see, and but the most imp- the, the 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 most difficult one is the pitch. You know, there you it's expensive. You know, to to water the pitch. You know, so so it's soft enough for you to use it in football, and to have um um an, a a good pitch with the grass same level. You know, what we have in Africa is the pitch is like it's up and down, up and down, up and down. So sometimes you want to get the ball, the ball jumps before it gets to you, and it looks like you are a bad player, but it's the pitch, you know, but somehow we found a way around it and we got used to it. You know, you don't get to blame anyone when, when, when you don't get a ball, good ball control and stuff like that. And another major factor is um, having, like I mentioned earlier, having the opportunity to have like an academy where you have the coaches, where you have the coaches who, who are well-trained and give you the education. And what we do is we just come on the pitch and we just start kicking the ball around. You know, we, we don't have that, you know, the coach will tell you, hey, turn around with the ball, pass, take it back, turn around, go here, go left. No one. We just 11 against 11, play. Whoever wins, you go home. You know, so going through all that, having come through these obstacles and still made it to a top league, I I gave the opportunity back to my community by training the coaches, took them out of the out of, out of the hometown to the big cities, to a coaching school, so they can go back and give other kids the opportunity that I could not have, you know. And there, there are so, 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 so many obstacles, but right now that's that's the major one that I can, like, talk about right now. Yeah, it's great that you're giving back. I know you have a foundation as well, which look forward to touching upon that. So how did you, you, know, you mentioned, obviously, you know, you're playing at a professional level, playing for your country as well. Um, how did you overcome those bumps and, you know, those in the fields not being perfect or not having coaching when did you know and when was that process that you were going to be able to make it to that next level like was it someone scouted you was it you know how did you go and get identified as an elite player and then you did then get the opportunity to play professionally yeah um i was in school while playing football and um they they came to a point where i uh spoke to my parents and I, I had to like open up to them. I'm like, look, I uh, can't combine school and football anymore. And I would want to go full time with football. And all my siblings, they all went to the university. They all, you know, education is something really important in, in, in our family. And um, uh, it was a, it was a tough one trying to convince them that I, that, that I'm going full time into football. And um, my dad, he gave me um he said, okay, I give you one year. If you cannot convince me that you can be a professional, like you can really make a living out of football, 
I don't want you to be like your friends. I see so many friends have been coming here. They don't go to school. They, they don't have any other plan for years. I see them with you. I don't want you to be like that. And I said, yeah, I can promise anything. I don't know how long the process takes, but I know football is the only thing that I want to do. And um, that, to answer your question, like, when did I feel like, yeah, this is the point to push it forward? I think it was um, when um, I started missing uh, exams in school. You know, I started missing classes a lot. And, and I, I because I was playing for, like, um, it's an amateur thing, you know, but it's like, they're playing um, the the national uh, we call it like national junior league, you know, and the the, the coaches they they really want to have me with them every time. I'm not training with them every day because of my school because the, this team it's in the other city, you know. I have to travel three hours to play games for them, so I cannot go three hours to make training every day. So I'm making my training in school, but on the game day they pick me up and I play the games for them. And most of the games, I decide the game, you know, I win the games for them. And so I started to have the feeling like, okay, I think I could do this. You know, I thought I was like only good in my community, you know, just within my hometown. But going out and testing myself, you know, I always have this feeling like, okay, these guys are way better than me, you know. So traveling a few times to play these games for them, I started having the feeling like, okay, I think I, I can do this. You know, I've seen these guys, they, they are not any better than what I'm doing right here. And so I, so I spoke to my parents, like, look, I can't continue like this, you know, traveling all the way. And then my dad said, yeah, actually, um, everywhere I go, there are people who will stop me and tell me, like, hey, your, your, your son is really good in football. You, you need to sell your car or sell something and, and push him to Europe or something. And he said, I, even if I sell my house and everything, you cannot have... He cannot afford a plane ticket. I, I keep hearing every time he is good. And um, my dad had a coach many years ago who who actually came home you know to to my family home and spoke to my my dad to to really give me the support that i need that what they are seeing right now it, in the future i could develop something big and he said yeah i keep hearing that every time but what can i do i every property i own right now cannot afford just a plane ticket so all i can do is to buy him football shoes and you know kids and support him right now but and then they say yeah they have some contact and they will, um, they can help with that. And then he said, yeah, you can do whatever you want to do, but he has a, a limited time to show. I don't want him to keep trying and trying and trying and trying, and then it becomes too late to come back to school and forward. So we, we had an agreement, and um, luckily after um, I left, immediately I pulled out completely from school. He said, okay, but you need to finish this, you know, this section from school. Uh, so when you come back, it's easier to go to the next class, you know, so you don't stop halfway. And then that was like, three four months i finished it and then i left you know i went to the capital abuja and now this is what, how amazing my story was you know i was playing for an amateur thing you know you have like three four other levels to go to the premier league the the, the highest division in nigeria i didn't go through any of those steps you know i went to the capital and then i heard about an open camp where um the team just promoted from the second division to the first division wow. and they, they don't have money to to buy players from the the, the other first uh, league teams so they made like an open camp so i met a lot of good players there players that i've read about on the papers i've seen in the nigerian league you know i watched them play and honestly the first few days i was shaking like okay 
Why can't I get a lower team where I can try it? Why why have to come to so high like this now right now? And this coach who who linked me up to them, he said, like, you can do it. You know, he he stayed three days with me, you know, just to so I can settle in and then he goes. So they said every player have like one week of trials. And if you are good enough, you can go into the second week. So the the trainer of this team who just promoted, like they are like the talk of the country, or they were they they beat almost every team and they got promoted. After the first week, the trainer the trainer he called me and he said, What's your name? I gave him my name. He said, Um, what team are you playing for right now? And I had just a few seconds to either be honest or lie. I, I just want to like I said, okay, maybe if I say I have no team, maybe say, okay, you cannot play because you are not experienced. And then I just went to just be honest. And then I said, no, honestly, I'm just coming from school. I just uh, stopped school so I can give football a try. And he was like, you have no team right now? We are already thinking about how much we we don't have money. No, we were trying to explain to you like we cannot afford you. We cannot buy you. And then I was like, okay, no, I don't have any, any, I don't, it's okay, who's your agent? I said, I don't have an agent. I just, I just, I just took my bag and came here with my local coach who said there is an open camp here. And then he said, okay, you're doing good. We still have a long way. Let's see how it goes. And out of 400, over 300 players, honestly, I, we stayed for six weeks. We were just three players they chose. Wow. And that was the beginning of my journey. Like, it's a crazy story because every time I tell the story, uh, people don't really understand it. They don't really believe how it works because this is one of the the the, the best teams in, in in Nigeria. You know, because um, you can understand how a boy comes from a school from playing for a local team without a proper coach or organization or anything to playing for a Premier League team. And that's just my story. I, some people. Like my friends, I met uh, later while playing professional league in Nigeria. They they really want to hear like the truth, like because they don't believe this is like come on, tell us which world. I'm like, no, that's just a story from school. Yeah, we, we Tony, we are the underdog podcast, as you know, and that is one heck of a, an underdog story. You pack up one bag, you go there from school, and out of hundreds of people, three are selected. They think you have an agent and this and that, and, and you just went out there and balled. And I think the one thing I've seen with you, even on this podcast already, is like that genuine belief that you were, I love soccer. I want soccer to be my future or, or football, and I'm going to go make it happen. And I think that just, it seemed like you had a super ordinate goal, and man, you just went and got it. So then take us now, now you, you're selected, right? You're one of those three guys. Now take us, the story's incredible. Now take us to the next step. Okay, um, so uh, actually, when I met that coach, he was having a contractual issues with the management of the club. So he was like on a strike. You know, this, that's a normal thing. Not not getting paid is a normal thing in, in in Nigeria, in Africa in general. So so he he was um, being owed the bonus. He was supposed to be paid for promoting the team to the first division, and they are not paying. And he was on a strike. So. He, he comes like once every week or twice every week to see the players. So he doesn't start from a scratch and you know? also to see the players who are on the training camp and he goes away because he doesn't want to have like an agreement with the, with the management. You know, they pay him and then he starts from zero. You know, we don't have much time before the season starts. So they ask their, their, 
his assistant was taking charge of the training. And honestly, he doesn't like me. The assistant coach doesn't really like me. And he has um, 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 another player from his hometown who we are playing the same position as a striker. And he made that very clear. Like he wasn't even hiding it. You know, he was trying to put me in difficult situations where I would fail because after the first uh, conversation I had with the main coach, the main coach told me, I would like to see this boy when I come back. So if that coach didn't tell his assistant that, I think the assistant would have kicked me out because I saw him kicking out different players every time. Ah, you are not good. Uh, we saw you uh, already three three days of training. It's enough. You can go. But because the main coach, gave, the chief coach, gave the instruction that he would like to see this boy when he comes next time, so he could not kick me out. But he was putting me in difficult positions, like putting me out of my positions, like taking me to the wing, you know, I'm not a skillful player. I cannot dribble past three, four players. I have my strength and I try to build on it. You know, like mm-hmm. I told you, I had this uh, difficulty not, not, not having this coach at the beginning, you know, and I, I have like certain qualities. And because I was not taught the technical aspect of football, you know, like this dribbling stuff, you know, this doing this magics, you know, I'm not, I'm not the player who I'm just a striker who just wants to score and fight for the team defensively. So I build on this mentality. You know, I, I worked so much on it because I know that not having everything is already um, a disadvantage for me. So I try to build on what I have so I can like, uh, when the other players who comes who have almost everything, I try to beat them with, with the little I have. So I was fighting for the team like like a lot because while on the training camp, we were playing some friendly games as well. You know, like. To, to try the team. So I w- when the coach comes on the weekend, he organizes uh, a game against another 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 team, like a preseason games, and he will put me in these games and I will do things that he cannot imagine, you know. When they are, we have like a corner kick against us, I have one strength, which is jumping very high. Yep. I don't let the ball to the opponents, you know. I always jump so high to head it out and I have the speed to counter-attack. And... These are the little things I know I have. You know? And when I'm in the box, I try to be as deadly as I can because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the goal, the goal makes the difference. You know, you, you, you can keep the ball, have 70% of possession and the other team have 30%. But if they score more than you, your possession, everything doesn't matter anymore. So I try to build on scoring. Like no matter how difficult it is, I try to shoot even from a long distance, Anyhow, so this was giving me an edge over the other players, you know. So um, finally, the coach uh, have, uh, he settled his problems with the with the president, and they paid him his money. And then he came and said, "Okay, Mr. Uja, you are still here. Uh, I think now we can work together." So I was really excited. I called my my dad, like, "Yeah, they choose me. We are three players, and the other two players are on standby list. They were not convincing enough to make the team." So. The season started and I was standing in the first 11 of the season. Like that's, that's something crazy, you know, making the team is something else, but being in the first team to start the first game in the first division, the history of the club is something else. You know, so the dream kept on going better and better and better. And on the first game, we, we, we were meeting uh, a team that has been over 10 years in the Nigerian league. And we we hear a lot about them. And there is this striker, but uh, he he retired now. It's a long time ago. Uh, he's one of the in history one of the best strikers in the Nigerian league. He never made it to Europe, 
but he's like the king of the Nigerian league mm-hmm. and he was playing for this team. So we spent the first 10 minutes of our warm-up looking at this player <laughs> and other players. And our coach could see that something is wrong. You know, we were a little bit intimidated, that we're a little bit shaky, you know. And then after the warm-up, we came in and he spoke to us like, hey guys, I can see you are already intimidated because they have better football shoes, expensive football shoes. We have Chinese made shoes, you know, after after one month, it's destroyed. They have like the shoes made in America, in Europe. You know, we 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 are fascinated by these things because we, we are not used to it, you know. We just came from a second division where we just, you know, basically we're traveling hundreds of, of, of miles to play games. But these guys are flying, you know, they are flying to play away games. You know, the difference from the budget, what they have as a team, they're playing like continental, you know, the African uh, Champions League. So we are, the boy, we are, they are like this and we are way down. Mm-hmm. So the coach spoke to us before the game, like, look, they started like you. He uh, He's a really good coach. And, I'm still in contact with him once he's over. He gave us this speech that I would never forget. You know, you are looking at them. You are getting scared already. And do you want to be like them? Do you want to play for this team? I don't want to stop any of you from playing for this team. That's why we came to this league. I want you to sell yourself. I don't want you to be here next year. He, oh, it was a 10 minutes of an unbelievable speech. And the moment we got on the pitch, we destroyed this team. Like we won 2-1. I scored the first goal. They equalized, we scored again through a penalty. I was almost scoring. I was pulled down in the penalty. And after this game, I was like, so this is it? This is, it. I, mind you, at this moment, I was never thinking about Europe or anything because for me, it's, it's not like I don't believe in myself, but I felt like that's another level. I can't think about right now. Let I just want to, right. and then I started thinking like, this is the Nigerian league I'm playing. How did I get from school to here? Because all these things are happening within two months. It was too much for me to take at once. But I kept on believing. I kept on working closely with this coach. He was helping me a lot. Like we were having like one-on-one talks a lot in his office, on the training page. He was he he knew that something was missing. You know, this part I told you, I, I never had anybody to to help me technically. Uh, as a coach, we were just kicking the ball around in my in my hometown, in my village. I would call it a village because it's not it's not a place where you can succeed as a football player. But so he helped me a lot, and that was um, I had only just half a season with them, you know. And then in the winter transfer, I moved to another bigger team in Nigeria, you know, a richer team who was who was trying to buy a good player. So after half a year, I found myself. Another half a year. That's in total. I just spent one year in the Nigerian league, and that's too fast, it's too fast. Because I know a lot of players who spend years trying to go to Europe, trying to go to Europe. So, yeah, that's my story in the Nigerian league. If you don't mind, if I should continue. With- yeah, you know, just to, just to add, I think it's in, okay. I call them knowledge nuggets and some of the things. I'll, I'll let you take a deep breath here. I hear that you. <laughs> You material things don't matter, right? You're talking about the shoes, the jerseys. You just went out and played, right? So you focused. I think that's a great knowledge nugget. No matter what variables are in play, go and win and believe you can win. And I think that's what that coach said. I also heard you say exploiting your strengths, right? You obviously want to identify your weaknesses, but one, you can jump extremely high. You have getaway speed or you have where you can advance the ball down the field and then you can strike, right? 
like you said, putting yourself in a position to be extremely successful. So that, I think those are things in business and life and any sport that I think those are great knowledge nuggets. So now, now you leave Nigeria, right? And then you go to Europe, correct? Yes. Yeah. Tell me um, about that. There is this uh, agents who they have like this courting system every end of the season. They come to Nigeria and they see the players in the Nigerian league and they try to take them to Europe um, to, to have like um, a tryout. You know, there are some who comes directly to sign the contract, but uh, in my case and many other players, the, the team want to they want to give you a trial. Not because you're not a good player. They already see you scoring goals in the, in the Nigerian league, but they want to test you in a different environment, uh, um, a different weather, a different food, everything. You know, that's why you have to stay for, for, for two weeks and then they will decide if they give you a contract or not, if you can blend in, if you can understand tactics and everything. So... Talent, it's not everything. You know, you, you've got the talent. You, you can play. You can score goal. Yeah, we know. Okay, we want to see you playing on another level. Can you cope with the pressure and everything? So I, when I got the invitation to 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 Norway, I I didn't believe it. You know, I, I just left home. The first time I left home, you know, my family they miss me a lot. They kept calling me. How was it going and everything? And I came back at the end of the season with the news that I'm going on a trial in Europe, you know. We haven't finished processing how fast everything went, getting to the Nigerian League and having your first successful season and you're already moving to Europe, you know. So it's happening so fast and they were really excited and they were really hoping that I, that I don't come back after two weeks, of course. And um, unfortunately, after two weeks, I passed the trials, but somehow, my team had some kind of disagreement you know, with money, with the, with the team in Norway, and they could not have the agreement. So they said, okay, you're going to travel back and we try to find a solution as soon as possible. And I came back to Nigeria and um, it was getting to a month and two, I was getting frustrated, nothing is coming. I'm asking, calling the agent who organized this trials, like what's going on? He said, yeah, your club is making things difficult. They want too much money and, you know, this is Norway. This is not Germany or England where they splashed a lot of money. You know, here they just build the talents and oh, and this is a small club. No, it's not one of the big clubs in Norway. I was trying to call the president and I could not reach him and all that. And he wants me. And then after weeks of trying to reach him, I could not reach him. And then suddenly he was calling me and I was happy. Like, okay, maybe it's going to happen now. And then he says, nah, you have to come back to the team to start training with the team because Actually, we, um, in the previous season, we qualified for the African Champions League. This was a big deal for the club. And the president, he's trying to keep me to play this Champions League so I can move next season. That's why he was making the deal difficult. He doesn't really need the money. You know? This is one of the oil-rich states in Nigeria. So they have everything. They just want success. They just want to you know, make a name in the world football. But I have a dream. I need to move to Europe. I don't want to play in the African Champions League. Of course, it's it's a good deal. It's a good opportunity, you know, from playing in Nigeria to playing in the continent. You know, I'm not trying to um, underrate the the, the the continent, but this is Europe we're talking about. And I said, respectfully, sir, I cannot come. I need to push for this move to happen. And he said, okay, it's not going to happen. If you don't come, it's not going to happen. And then 
I, I, I took a big risk, you know. I, I stood my grounds and, and I let the first six months get by. And then automatically, I'm not under them anymore. I was free. So I went to another team in Norway, the same Norway, who had my story. And they, they, they contacted the agent that, yeah, we would like to have him. And I came, to, uh, started training with them. It was a preseason. I played my first preseason game. I scored two goals against a Polish team. I think I remember they were the Polish champion. So they were going to play like the qualifiers for the uh, Champions League, like the qualifier, you know, the small countries in Europe, they don't go straight to the Champions League. They don't really play the qualifiers. And so they heard that this player is on trial. You know, he's not really playing for this club. I don't know how he, they heard. They contacted the agent, like, we want to buy him straight up, like directly. We want to have him in our team. And then my club head, and they were like, okay, we're not doing trials anymore. We, we're giving you the contract. And then we were supposed to fly back from Spain in the training camp to have the contract signed and everything. But they, they brought everything to Spain. And then they did it fast because they saw that another team was trying to take me. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it happened good for me, you know, because who knows after two weeks, maybe they want to, you know, change their mind or something. It wasn't difficult anymore because I was like a free player, a free agent. So there was no issues with my Nigerian club and everything. So that was how my, my, my journey started in, 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 um, in Norway and in my first game. As you, I don't know what's with with my first games with clubs, but I always score. Almost <laughs> That's a good thing. I play first games for, and I had an amazing season in Norway, like really, really an amazing. But while all these things are happening, I still could see what I was lacking, you know, going back to my roots, not having that opportunity yep. to have the technical training, the football knowledge and everything, because football is not just about on the pitch, you know, you 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 have like the 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 classroom where the coach is talking and showing videos and, and you know, using the pen to draw tactics and stuff. I never experienced that until I came to professional level. So it was, I was missing a lot, but I kept on pushing. I kept on fighting like, no, this is not going to stop me. I'm going to try to decide games for my team, trying to win games for my team. There are games where we, the open gets like 10, 20 chances and we just get two, three. You know, I make this, this one, two goals and we either win the game or we don't lose. You know, we take a draw, one, one, two, two, whatever. And this was taking me to the next, the next. And that's how my story kept on getting better and better and better on that's great. No, that's I took the I took the Norwegian league by I don't know how to describe it, but it was I it was an amazing time in Norway. Like I scored goals, like my goals were all my goals were almost getting the same as my games. And that's this 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 these are these are records where Ronaldo and Messi, you know, they have like almost the goals as the games and stuff like that. But Norway was yeah, you became a star. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize, like I said, how big of a star you are. I mean, you, uh, you know, you're an elite player. Um, it sounds like a great person as well. So, just talking about in Europe, you know, kind of going from soccer, then then more than a game. I want to touch upon this. I think it's a very important topic: racism, the impact, and I know, um, and rightfully so. You have been vocal and which is fantastic to end racism. Can you talk about, you know, how that has impacted maybe some additional adversity that you have faced in Europe or anywhere for that matter, 
and how you've overcome that and, and how things have either progressed or things better now that there's more awareness or is it about the same or is it worse? Just any insight on, on racism in soccer and sports in general? Yeah, um, <clears throat> racism is something that I try to get myself really involved with because almost every theme I've played, I've played with other African and all the foreign players, other colored players, you know, from from, from South America and, and everywhere. So I had the opportunity to really, I mean, coming from Nigeria, I, I don't really know much about it, you know, like I, I I read, I try to read a lot about football news and everything. I was so into football that I was, I didn't have the, the, the mobile phone where I can, you know, you have the mobile phone, but not smartphone, you know, so. I only go to the newspaper stand. I don't even have the money to buy the, the, the papers, but they know me there, you know, so they just gave me the papers. I just go to the back page where they have the sports area. I'll just read about football. So I see these things, but I don't know how it feels, you know, because I'm in Africa, everyone is black. So I don't, I could not tell the difference of emotionally how, how, how it hurts, I can say. So coming to, 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 to Europe and start seeing how these things happen and then experiencing it a few times, I started to imagine how how lonely and how 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 bad it is, you know. And I, the fact that I could speak about it, it doesn't mean like um, the other players could not. The difference was that I I was educated, you know. I stopped school, but to that level, I could express myself English, you know. I I played with so many other players who could not speak English, and they could not learn the language of you not know, like now I can speak German very well. But these guys, they started from like a really remote part of Africa where they could not, you know, they don't have the opportunity to, they just, they can only play football, but they cannot speak English, you know, they're struggling. So, but when we speak in our African language, you can hear how they feel when they experience these things, you know, not just the guys I play with, you know, while you play in the league, you get to connect with the other Africans in the other teams. And we speak a lot on the phone about these things. And they, they, they experience so much, you know, in the supermarkets, in, in, in places they go to. And they talk to me about it. And they cannot speak about it in the, in, in the public because they're, they're shy, because they cannot speak the language, you know. Then they just translate or something and stuff like that. And some are not bold enough because they get attacked. You even get, getting abused is not enough. Talking about it, you get attacked. I, I get a lot of them, but that doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah, getting uh, to your question, I, um, it, was, uh, it wasn't really, it wasn't funny at all, you know, trying to concentrate on my job, trying to just, you know, focus on football. But the longer I stay in Europe, the more I feel like I, I can get involved, you know, I, I got involved with some um, organizations who, who who fight, we do some campaigns, some video campaigns, we, we do a lot of, you know, teachings, and I go sometimes to, to, to the kids to, to talk to them and, and things like that. Right now, I would say it's getting better in the, in, in foot, the football industry, but it's still a long way to go because, um, um, the last time I I was uh, I had this um, experience my, myself, uh, like you probably already know, was during a game. I wasn't playing in the game. I was warming up, you know, so I was on the side warming up with my, with my teammates. So you know the possibility of going in to help the team to play. So I we were unfortunately warming up 
in the area where the 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 I won't call them hooligans, but the guys, who, the, the, the part of the fans who sing, who are screaming a lot, you know, who are like jumping and beating the band and stuff like that. So they are like very energetic, you know. So that's the area we were doing the warm up, and I could see um, that making this monkey jet sauce at me and my other uh, uh, teammates. You know, he's also a Nigerian, Balogun. You you already know him. He's playing for Rangers in Scotland right now, and he could. He first noticed what's going on and he told me like, look what they're doing. And then for me, I, I wanted to, I don't know, at that moment, I wanted to take everything in. I stood and I was looking at them in their face. And what hurt me the most, what shocked me the most, was there was a little kid. There was a little kid and it looked like, so he didn't come to the stadium alone, a little boy. I don't know, between the age of 10 to 15. And it doesn't look like he came by himself to the stadium. He came with someone. I don't know which of them he came with, but he was doing it together with them. So mm. right now, it's um, uh, when I talk about it, I always say it's good to educate the kids in school because when they go out, their social lives, that it starts from the school, like that mm -hmm. from home. You know, I mean, you can say from home, but you don't know what the parents are. The parents could be, you know, something like this. And it's not like they are teaching the kids, but the kids can learn from them very fast. So from the school is the best way because you have a lot of them in, in large numbers to teach them and stuff. I stood for close to two minutes. I stopped warming up. I was looking directly in the eyes of this, of this young boy. I, was, I was, had so much question asking myself like, wow. How is this possible already at this age? No, so it was, it was I, I wanted to just see it a little bit and go, but right that moment, I wanted to like take everything in. It was, it was hurtful, but I was at the same time having a lot on my mind. So after the game, um, my colleagues spoke about it, you know, made a report to, to my club officials and they took it up. It ended up in the media and I started to, that was the first time I actually started to get really public about 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 these things you know directly you know i've been having campaigns against and stuff but i was never targeted you know so but after that moment it it, it, it got really deep in me and then i felt like okay i'm not going to shy away i'm going to keep doing the little i can even if i can change the mind of just five to ten people and they become you know they see that the world it's way better than what they are doing I'm satisfied. Everyone can play their own role, no matter how little it is. You know, so I try to grant as much as interviews as I can to to put my message out there, to to put my experience out there, because we just want to play football. Yeah. It's not just about football. The other people who come from Africa, from everywhere, the the, the you know, right now we have big issues in Europe about refugees. And I'm sure you guys have it right there also with, with people come from Mexico, Haiti and stuff like that. But these people just want a better life. You know, they just they just want to connect and it, the world has enough problem and we can all accept each other and stuff like that. So until now, I would say from the football aspect, it's really getting better. You know, they are making a lot of campaigns, but they could make a lot more and we can see that it's possible. You know, right now when you take up your instagram and you type anything covid you 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 officially you directly get flagged you know with the covid stuff why can such thing be done with racism 
when you mention certain words, it can be directly flagged. You know, you see these things possible. You know, the, the Facebook, Instagram, these this guys, the Twitter, they have a lot to do, you know, and I'm positive that someday it's going to keep getting better and better and better. Yeah. Well, you're part of Tony, you're part of the solution, right? Which really thankful. Sorry, you had to go through experiences like that, but you stepping up and, and calling it out and, and that's a great idea. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not as, I don't understand all the platforms and the capabilities to that extent, but what a great idea that is. That's another solution. Um, but you know, you, you stepping up even for the other players and, and, uh, that's, that's, com, you know, it's commendable. You should be very proud of that. And, Hopefully things do get better, right? We got a long way to go, as you said. So, um, believe it. Believe it. as we as we, I want to talk a little bit about your foundation. Then we have a little bit of a we call rapid fire here at the end. So, can you talk? You're doing so much good outside of raising awareness in in going directly at racism, trying to improve that, which is like I said, great job on that. W- going back to the to your foundation and the different things, I walked. I looked at your Facebook page and the you know water and all the different things that you're trying to help whether it's feeding or clothing can you talk through some of the stuff you're doing for for your uh for your country and anything else yeah um actually right now uh the the publicity aspect of that is really poor you know like it's not very functional but i'm doing a lot way more than what is showing somehow i'm I've been rejecting uh, offers from, you know, tech guys who want to help me to, you know, to build it, you know, make nice pictures and make, you know, so people can donate and help. And I said, yeah, I have these plans, but I want to do it full time after my career. You know, I want to go full time into, into uh, my foundation full time. So uh, I just keep doing what I'm doing right now, even when it, 80% of that is not being shown on, on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. I don't know even when last it's been posted, you know. So I, I because <laughs> right. for me, when it comes to accepting donations from the public, it's something that I'm really, really very careful about. And and right now you can trust people a lot, especially back home in Africa. You know, being in Europe, sending money home, I've had so much experience over the years, you know. So sure. I, and my family, they are all very engaged when they are doing their own thing. So no one is like have a loan and I can trust my family, but the other people I can, I don't want any, when any negative things happen, like, yeah, money being misused on some, it's going to, it's going to break me. So sure. I just want to have the patience to wait. So right now I just do from my own pocket. Like a lot of people have been contacting me here in Germany. Like, yeah, I bought your foundation in Africa. We would like to help. I'm like, yeah, just, just, um, I will give me some time, you know, after football, I'm going to go into it full time. So sure. Foundation, it's about, you know, helping uh, kids um, in the orphanage, you know, kids without parents, you know, kids abandoned, you know, taken to the orphanage home and um, people bring food, people bring clothes, people bring stuff. But lately I could see that um, they are not enough, you know, what people are bringing. It's it's not enough, you know, and now I was doing that also, but um, while on holiday, I think uh, two years ago, I went really, really, I spent much time with them. You know, and I tried to stay there and see how the day, like I was almost four hours there. You know? So I see people coming, like they have a bed day. They want to spend the bed day with the kids. You know, they bring like some bottle of water. They have over 60 kids, 
children there. But you bring a bottle of water that only three can take. What mm. happens to the rest? Maybe that person is the only person that comes for visit that day. What happens to the other 57 kids? You know, what, what are they going to drink? They're all not going to drink from that bottle. So I try to spend time to understand how it is. So I was guilty of that as well. You know, I was bringing things that they could eat, but everyone can eat, but maybe it lasts just one, two days. What happens to the other days? So I try to understand because... I saw that we were, I mean, people who bring things, that's what they have. You can force people to bring everything, what they have. You know, some people don't even come at all. So you can appreciate the little, but I try to stop just bringing things and be part of the running of of the orphanage because it's not under any kind of, um, you know, UNICEF or whatever, you know, they have no ties to the government or anything. They have no support to the local from from the local government. Or they basically live from what people come to give to them every day. So I said, nah, this can't continue like that. And another part was that one of them was sick at this point. And then I was asking myself, like, so normally who pays for this? And the guys that I was using, you know, that takes food to them every month mm-hmm. previously told me they, um, there is a hospital who works together with them. They pay only 50% of the hospital bill. And I'm like, okay, what if they can afford the 50%? They said, yeah, they've had that case many times. And now the doctor is getting frustrated. He knows, he understands the situation, but he's got a business to run. He's got a hospital to run. He's not, it's a private hospital. It's not a government hospital where he gets drugs from, 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 from the government or anything. So I said, okay. Now, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to have like a specific amount of money that will be enough for feeding them. I don't care how, I mean, my family, they are all all right. From from the years I've been in football, they are all right. They've got, they don't need to wait for me to, to live from day to day. But we are talking about the possibility of them eating three square meal a day. We are not talking about school. School is something else. Health, you know, when they are ill, and, and they easily get ill because they are a lot in one space. So when one gives, when one gets ill, it's easy to to to, to get the rest um, uh, infected and stuff like that. So I I went into collaboration with this hospital and I said, okay, right now all the bills. Whenever anyone is sick, the bill comes to me. The fifty percent agreement stands, but it comes to me. That's one part of my uh, foundation with mm. these kids. The other part is with women. You know, in Africa. Um, we have this um, way of doing things where the man, he's the one who hustles, who goes out, you know, to make the money and takes care of his family. The wife stays home and takes care of the kids, you know, because that's already a hard job. Because, you know, in, in, in Africa, we don't just have one, two, three kids, you know, we have 10, we have right. 10. So it's a full-time job for the women. So there are many situations where they lose the man, the husband. So... What happens next? Sure. The women are helpless. You know, they, they can't continue anymore because they have no nothing going on before. They just have like taking care of the kids. You know, so I have these women. My mother takes care of this for me. You know, that's how like she's retired, so I got her busy. You know, to take care of these women. So they meet once every month, where where where, where they like to help each other, but they get things from me every month but awesome. the goal is to have like a community where they can you know help themselves you know when something happens to any other one they always have one to celebrate you know like one of the daughters getting married they all come they all have the same uniform they're going to dance you know so 
it's not just about the feeding aspect, you know. It's, it's about you know, you know having having take, having something to do apart from just um, taking care of your kids. You know, you can go out also and and meet your 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 this this meeting you have once a month, or or go to celebrate something with another member or something like that. So this is going really well. You know, they, you know, they get uh, whenever they have this one time a month feeding, they go home with a lot of food. They go home with cash. They go this. I do this all this from my salary every month i mean it's not hurting me anyway you know and and but because when you change i don't know a thousand dollars it's a lot of money in africa we, we, we know it's a lot it can make a lot of difference you know so and i know that i can continue to do this forever and i will need help i will need something like that, but i'm patient you know and right now i'm not crying from yeah. it's not hurting me in any way but on a, I need to have a long-term plan. So that's another part. Then the third part is the football part, you know, because for sure, if I don't do anything there, they're not going to let me come on holiday, you know. They, they, <laughs> they, <laughs> so well, the football part is like, I have like um, every year we have like a football kind of football festival where all the teams in my hometown, they fight for a specific amount of money and the trophy. And, um, you know, I have like... Um, Right here, I have a. Uh, uh, I'm being sponsored by Adidas, you know, like you can see. Yeah. Um, I'm, I have a contract with Adidas for I don't know for close to ten years now, and they've been really really helpful. Um, they give me all the the kits, footballs, shoes, and and on almost everything that I need. You know, so I uh, in this football fest. There are many games in different centers, you know. We keep the town busy, you know. People love to watch football, you know. And unfortunately, the only, um, whenever my football fest is not going on, the only thing going on in the community with football is when there is an election. When the politicians want to win election, they organize a tournament where the people come to watch. And the moment they vote for them, bam, the next time you see them, it's four years later when they want your vote next. And these things doesn't cost much. But as we know, politicians, they are always the same in Africa. So I do this once every year and it's really big. It lasts for like two months. It gets the town really exciting, busy. Like that's almost the only social thing happening in, in I mean, women, children, men, everyone goes to watch this tournament. And when you get to the, the goal is when you get to the semifinals, you get like a complete set of uh, the jerseys and everything from Adidas. Like you know, Adidas, yeah. the quality, the quality of the of the jerseys and everything is way better than the Premier League teams. I play for Premier League team in Nigeria, and I'm getting this from directly from Adidas. So it's a big deal. So when I um from the semifinal, I get the scouts you know to go to my hometown. You know, I sponsor them, pay for their hotels, some flights, and everything. I need you to go get talent from my hometown. You know. I will pay for their flight and their accommodations for one month. Please give them a trial in your team, you know, in Nigeria and stuff. And that's how I I I, I help the team. Uh, I help my community, you know, to to for other players who, who who can have the same story as mine. Everyone can be lucky as me and have their own story going successfully, real quick. Some needs a lot of time, so I try to give them this opportunity, you know, since they can go to the big cities to, to make their trials, I bring the big cities to my hometown. You know, Love I sponsor it. these scouts and they come, they watch, and they, every year at least five players leave home, you know, and their, their dream is always to leave home, you know, and it's left for you now to push yourself, you know. That has been a big challenge because 
the mental aspect of it is 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 the biggest challenge. The talent is there, no doubt. But what happens when you get your first money? What do you do? Do you do you lose focus? Do you do you do you tell yourself, nah, this is not enough. I think I can do this. Do you go on the pitch thinking about money? Do you? These are the things, the mental part, and that's why I want to. Um, part of what I want to do after my career is 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 developing African players, not just Nigerian players. You know, scouting. I want to go into this while I'm doing my foundation. I'm doing this as well because I've seen so many African players lose opportunities because it gets into their head real quick. You know, yeah. the the first six months they get real okay, little money. I call it little money. They come home, they become kings. You know, they party. They don't train anymore. During the holiday. <laughs> they don't train anymore. They don't. Yeah. You know, they don't try to push themselves anymore. They feel like I'm okay with this level as long as I can buy my parents a nice home. But you can do twenty times, hundred times more yep. if you keep pushing. You know, and this is one aspect that really hurts me because I've seen a lot of talents wash away. Yeah. And yeah. Well, you're making Tony. I mean, just wow feel the energy you're making a huge impact you're already future forward with trying to help others i mean you're changing lives potentially saving lives so more kudos to you um as far as I, i'll keep rapid fire quick we have a, a, a an mls team here in cincinnati ohio called fc cincinnati can we get can we get tony here to fc cincinnati we, we got to get some wins man we actually can't. i'm thinking about um seeing the possibility of playing in MLS before I end my career because um, I'm telling you now, I don't have so much time. I, I don't want to play until my legs are shaking. <laughs> I, 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 I have always known that since I was 23, 24. I've always had that mindset. Like, I'm going to try to be as successful as I can. I'm going to try to, to be smart and make smart investments so I don't have to push myself to limit, you know, trying to play one more year, one more year, one more year. But right now, I feel like I, you know, at the end of the season, I don't know what will come next because I'm in my last year of my contract. But I really want to try something different. I have MLS and Australia in mind. So hopefully, if uh, everything goes fine, because I just recovered from a long-term injury, if my knee is stable enough, that's actually something that I've been thinking about. Look at that, <laughs> making it happen here on the underdog, Tony. To F <laughs> remember, just if you have multiple options, Cincinnati already loves you. Just saying, because we, we definitely need help here. Yeah, we'll take care of you. You get here to FC Cincinnati, we'll we'll make sure you're you're well taken care of. But uh <laughs> man, I, I I just really appreciate your time. It was an honor to have you on. You're a first episode of, of season three for us in my first solo cast. So thank you for the energy, the optimism, so many knowledge nuggets that you gave our guests and uh, continue to inspire. I know the best is ahead for you, Tony. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks for having me. And we should do this some other time again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to The Underdog Podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google Podcast apps. Leave a five-star rating and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at UnderdogPod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.